Welcome to the Bad Tutors Podcast. If you are here for the newest up-to-date information about the nerdy topics that are near and dear to your heart, well, let me tell you, you ended up in the wrong place. Here we are all about hot takes and grandiose displays of misinformation. So stick along for the ride and you might just blow a blood vessel or two. A quick note from the editor, Tyler and I accidentally stealth dropped our last episode on Monster Hunter Wilds, which came out on January 1st. There was no associated post on any of our social medias, because our social media guy was actually far too hungover to make one. He's kind of a lazy prick that way. So go check it out after this episode if you haven't already listened to it, or even if you already have. But now, back to your regularly scheduled lunacy. So Tyler, uh, as we mentioned at the end of our last episode, I've been on my Windigoon arc, so we're going to be talking about Windigoon today. Okay. We're not. Um, I am going to open with it, because he's made me kind of realize something uh, about why I love SCP so much, I think. And it's, I think, something that I always kind of knew, but just not really thought about until I watched more of his content. Because as we've kind of talked about, I think you know that all of his content is obviously fantastic, but I think his ARG content is some of the most interesting and the most satisfying to listen to, especially not only how he can tell a story, but how well some of these stories are written, I think is the the really cool part about it, obviously. And we both love the monument mythos, and we will probably never do some episodes on it. Um, But... You would agree, I think, that a lot of the things within the Monument Mythos, we don't have to cover them, you could view them independently as SCPs. Like, if you just stumbled upon descriptions of them and someone went, that's SCP-7386, you'd go, yeah, for sure. Absolutely it is. There's a massive head rolling through the Grand Canyon. Yeah, I think... That's that's probably an SCP, sure. Uh, okay. I think you could just write it in the style of scp and that storytelling and it would just format work. and it would just sound like an scp or it's like yeah 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 sure trees that take you to alternate dimensions yeah yeah if at some point he just went and the foundation agents rolled in i would have gone yeah that that checks out i'm not happy about it but like that makes sense absolutely but where i'm going with this is I don't think either side is right or wrong, but something like the Monument Mythos or the Mandela Archives or the Backrooms, they're telling one story in this kind of like weird liminal world that they've set up. There is one true story. Whether or not we know all of the elements of that story is obviously up to debate, but there is one. Where in SCP, I kind of feel like now that I've gotten more into those kind of ARG topics, SCP kind of feels like it's lacking a bit. And I don't think it actually is. It's just a different medium. Because as we know, SCP is kind of crowdfunded lore, for lack of a better term. So there isn't one agreed upon storyline in scp i think it would ruin it if there was to be fair yeah like it that's not what scp is about that's not how it's meant to be 
but I think I found SCP and was like, man, this is, this is really cool. I really like this a lot. And then I didn't stick with it as much because there isn't that kind of like one cohesive story where looking through Windigoon's other videos and finding other ARGs, I've kind of gone, oh, this is what I wanted out of SCP. I still love SCP, obviously, and there are, as I will talk about here, multiple, like, branching storylines that, like, are very long and have multiple people working on them and, like, are very well done. We've talked about SCP stories in the past that I think were very well written and very well done. But even when we talked about our last mobile task force, Tau 5, that branching pathway story where clearly only one of the answers was real... Um, it's not like that's canon within the SCP world. The people that like that story can use it as a base for any kind of storytelling they want to go on and do, but it's not like you can go to anyone that's a fan of SCP and go, oh, remember when Tau5 decided to not fucking cause the singularity and fuse with an old god? Not everyone's going to know that, where if I go to you... <clears throat> and say, oh shit, we just found out new information about crowns from the monument mythos. You know exactly what I mean by that. And, like, I kind of like that in my storytelling, is what I'm getting at with this. This is uh, a bit rambly, obviously, but it, it will tie in again later on as well. And I did want to talk about Windigoon. I am on my Windigoon arc after all. Okay. I do want to add that the way that SCP stories are formatted, it's like... Um, it's like how real life, uh, Freedom of Information Act information gets released, where most of it's there, but some of it's redacted. So it kind of leaves like that, that space open, and like the context doesn't really matter in most of the SCP stories. So I'm gonna disagree with you very slightly on that. No, that is how that's not what we do the... on this podcast. We just... No, it's not. We I'm going to full out disagree with you. Other. We Spike glaze each other up better. every day. I'm cutting that out. No, um, <laughs> you can't. Uh, the entries for SCP. So like SCP-682 is going to have that kind of redacted style to it. But what I've been learning more and more is that there are a lot of full stories that are, like, actually written. They're obviously written in the theme of the world, but um, they are, like, 95 to 100% unredacted things other than when they get into, like, a specific report of something. But there are a lot of, like, very long stories that are just told in a narrative layout as well. But that is, you're correct, that is the entry for specific SCPs that we see most of the time. But, <clears throat> we are talking about SCP. We're not talking about Windigoon the whole time. I just had that realization uh, that I kind of wanted to bring up because I thought you'd appreciate it. And it does end up tying back into uh, kind of what goes on in some of my readings after that. But today we're going to be back on mobile task forces. As I said, I believe in the last one, uh, I talked about MTF Tau 5 Samsara, and that is not the one <laughs> that I meant to talk about originally, but I started reading their yeah, content, well, and it was yeah, just yeah. 
too cool to not talk about. So this week, I do actually want to talk about MTF Alpha 1, The Red Right Hand. And I believe, as you said, uh, I'll get into it, of course, shortly. But The Red Right Hand is basically at the beck and call of the O5 Council. They are the highest ranking mobile task force out of any of them. So the first story that I want to go over, or I suppose I'll open with this. There is not a lot about these guys. The whole kind of in-universe thing with them is that they are so high up that they're almost a legend. They're like, like they're almost as secretively kept as the O5 Council. Pretty much, I you could even argue a little bit more so because no, like, you couldn't. Nobody someone, even knows that the O5 Council even exists. They're like, oh yeah, the O5 Council, but, the O5 Council. Who's a member of the O5 Council? No one knows. You're right, but everyone in theory knows that somebody runs the SCP Foundation. The SCP Foundation doesn't Maybe. operate on its own. Maybe it it doesn't operate autonomously. Where like if. If you are working at the SCP Foundation and you see a member of the Red Right Hand, you're probably not going to live much longer. Not because of them, but because of whatever they are there to tackle. To fix, yeah. You do not want to ever see them. There are very, very few people that ever do. Um, they only have... I think I said before, you can go through and look at all of the mobile task forces and like... It's hyperlinked to everything that they are in. There's like maybe a dozen or so that the red right hand is in. So there isn't a lot to talk about where that is kind of the idea of are they real? Are they not real? There isn't a lot to say about them. So who really knows how real they are? They are real for sure. But like that's the in-universe of it. So we're going to start with a story called Null Space. And this is the one that uh, if you look up the red right hand on YouTube, there's a readout of this story. So I'm just going to paraphrase it a little bit and give kind of a, a once over on it. In this story, we get the perspective of D0912, who is obviously a D-class personnel, which is like kind of an interesting revelation that we get of the most powerful mobile task force in the game in the whole fucking foundation is probably just made up of like d-class it's not like they're top operatives or anything it's just some fucking scrubs that they pull in and we're gonna see what happens to them this is uh, null space is kind of the background on what happens before you become a member of the red right hand so he is given a drug of some kind and he is in a room with a doctor and two guards and he's just like well i'm fucking dead i'm a d-class i'm getting an injection this is not going to go well for me and he has the trip of a lifetime where it turns out he was being given some kind of amnesty stick over and over and over again and it ends up transforming and he basically has a mental break that is also a revelation about how everything in this world works. He sees the truth of the SCP Foundation is basically what it comes down to, which is 
what we, you and I, outside of the narrative, know about the foundation, kind of. Because something that I don't think about a lot, because we take this for granted, is being outside of the narrative. Most people, even within the foundation, obviously people that aren't in the foundation within the world have no fucking clue that they exist. They are a shadowy incognito corporation. Right, but people within the foundation are kept into like their sections, you know, their assignments, and they don't have any information yes. about their things. You know exactly what you need to know. Even if you are one of the researchers that is directly touching and working with an SCP. You don't know the fact that, oh, this is being contained for the greater good of the world, blah, blah, blah. All of the things that, like, you like to think that the SCP Foundation is doing as a reader and you have to ignore all of the ethics. All the ethical debates that we have about them, nobody in-universe has because no one fucking knows what's going on. At a certain point, basically, the Foundation was like oh, we're going to, like, tell our employees what we're doing and, like, kind of explain it so everyone knows, everyone's on the same page and we are hiring the right people for it. And then at a certain point, when they got big enough, they went, this is too difficult to explain. We we simply can't explain this to everyone. Here's your job. Go fucking do it. And that's it. So someone, especially, like, a D-class, just some random D-class being taken in and basically being gifted this information is like step one of becoming a member of the red right hand. They even tell him you've been, this has been your destiny forever. So saying some random D class is maybe not the most accurate, but he comes out and then is basically just told, he goes, I'm still alive. And they go, no, we were never correct. We were never intending on killing you. And then he kind of, starts putting together like oh this is what i'm here for now and it's it's an interesting one to me because the thing that grounds him and keeps him through this revelation is his own name holding on to what keeps him himself because as i said he's referred to as d0912 or zero however they'd actually say it um Holding on to his real name is what kind of anchors him to live through this realization, which is kind of ironic because as soon as you become a member of Alpha One, your entire identity is scrubbed from history and no longer exists. So it's interesting to me that his identity, which is going to be lost nearly immediately after this, is the one thing that anchors him in and lets him live through... He was never going to die, but keeps him from losing his sanity, I'll say. And it was was a cool story. I liked it. It was a shorter one. There's, as I said, not a lot of information. Many of these stories were very short or have some other things about them that I'll get into in a second. But that's, that's your, like, step one entrance process. And then I assume there is a lot of either body modification... Training. rigorous training yeah. all of that kind of stuff but that was that's the i think the the good opening story to talk about the red right hand i'd say okay so this story is a new guy getting implemented into the red right hand yes okay it's not the creation of the red right hand it is not to my knowledge at least where i was looking 
I didn't see like an original type of creation thing. I think it's kind of uh, the O5 Council needed their own mobile task force, and they kind of just made one. Okay, so they've just it, kind it of could have been. There. Yeah, like it could have been one of the first ones, which would make sense with them being called Alpha One. That's the two, yeah, <laughs> two opening letters and numbers that you would work with. Um, so here's the thing with the other stories. As I said, uh, up top, this is why it kind of, what, this is what made me think of ARGs a little bit more. Cause I was reading through, uh, two different stories and at multiple points I went, what the fuck is this talking about? Cause I was going through and there's the story that I want to tell that I am setting all of this information up for. I was reading one of these stories and I was really getting, I was getting very excited. I was getting really ready to come in with this like really hot theory about how I think this particular story that I happened to look up ties into the overarching story that I want to tell. Because when I was looking at the page, it didn't have direct links to other stories to indicate that this was part of a larger story. It was, though. <laughs> two, or two or three of the other stories that I read about the Red Right Hand tied directly into fully completed, already established stories. Because okay. as I said, there are multiple long stories. The one that, uh, not the one that I want to talk about, but the first one that I ran into this issue with is a whole storyline called The Way the World Ends. It's probably without counting it was probably like 25 or 30 different stories that all tie together to make one cohesive storyline within the scp universe and i've heard of that storyline before of course um there's daybreak uh when day breaks as well is one that's one where the sun becomes harmful to everyone and you it like melts all of our flesh together it's a whole storyline. It's right. very interesting. Yeah. It tackles what everyone would do. And that's kind of what the storylines are in SCP. Not to me from what I've read. It doesn't feel as much of like tell a story, which they do. They tell very good stories, as I've said. But it, a lot of them feel like, okay, so we have this story. And that's also just a stage to see what all of our different favorite SCPs would do in this situation. Not always, but like when Daybreaks is very big in that, you can find a lot of videos of different things reacting to when Daybreaks. If you can no longer go outside or be in sunlight, what does XSCP do? And that's great. I like I said, that's what SCP is. That's what it should be. It's community-driven stories that I'm sure in the way the world ends, no less than a dozen people worked on it, I'm sure. And that's great. That's so cool that we can tell these stories. But I'm going through thinking of my storyline and getting really excited to tie this in. And then it goes, we meet the first administrator. And I'm like, what the fuck? Wait, huh? What is this? Like in my notes, it literally says, I don't know what the fuck that one means. However, and a cool note of world building, one of the members of uh, the red right hand had a real cool coat that had a bunch of arms in it and tentacles and stuff it was a real interesting piece of gear i liked it a lot but it only ties into this one story technically uh, uh, all right 
this whole diatribe is the specific reason that I kept in that part about Windagoon up at the top. Because this is where I really feel like it ties more into that. Man, if everyone knew about the one storyline, that would be really cool. But it also I mean, wouldn't me, be a CP anymore. To me, it just sounds anymore. like you read it out of, out of order. Oh, no, no, no. I certainly read that story out of order. 100%. So, it was like so more than two-thirds. No, no, no. In the correct it, order, you would have gotten your experience that it you would wanted. Have, it would have. I agree. But I was looking for a different story in that I was just confused. You're completely right. If I would have read from the beginning of the way the world ends, it would have made perfect sense, I'm sure. Or at the very I, perfect sense is strong when we're talking about SCP. It would have made a lot more sense, <laughs> certainly. Narratively. Um, exactly not logically but just narratively. I st- nah, yeah exactly but i i still love to see him and then like kind of after we tell the story that i want to tell i'll probably go back and read the way the world ends i like that it's there like it's really cool but i just wanted like one unifying thing but then i don't want scp anymore then we'll just talk about some arg that i find but it's it's just an interesting comparison because I've been in my Windagoon arc and I know you're into him and SCP as well. I was just curious on your take between the two, I guess. I just, yeah, so I guess it's just like it's consuming two different things. You know, to tie it to video games, I'm not going to look to get the same experience out of like Skyrim as I am like a first person shooter. Like one of them's going to have your adrenaline pumping because... You know, you're uh, getting your ass kicked by, like, 13-year-olds that got the game for Christmas, and it's, like, January 1st, and you're like, what the fuck is happening? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one is, like, very uh, story-driven, and it's more of sort of narrative um, uh, discovery rather than, uh, you know, anything that really gets your adrenaline pumping. Not to say that, like, you don't get that sort of experience out of Skyrim, but it's not, like, the core Mm -hmm. thing. It's not the reason you're playing Skyrim. Yeah, so, like, SCP is, like, oh, this is quirky, this is funny, this is confusing, can I make sense of what the author's trying to convey here? Um, Whereas, uh, for instance, the monument mythos is, like, okay, this is confusing, this is, uh, you know, it's funny in some points, um, mm. but instead of can I make sense of what the author is trying to say, it's can I figure out what the author is going to tell us next and can I guess correctly? Yeah, that's a very good point. SCP is, tr- mm-hmm. seems very contained within themselves uh, right. when when you read each story for the most part. Uh, yeah, each SC absolutely. not story, each SCP uh, entry is mm. an individual thing, whereas Monument Mythos or uh, what is it, Flesh Pit National Park, mm-hmm. those are stories that, um, like the information is given to you, and you might miss some information, and then guessing what the information that you're missing is is like part of the fun of it where i think scp the fun of it to me is wow this is fucking insane 
Okay, let's click yeah. on to the next one where we learn about an indestructible How lizard. How more insane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, another thing I would even add on to that is like, talking about scp it's like whoa all of this crazy contents there it's like man what could that be used for and it's probably not used for anything like some weird one-off test with 682 doesn't matter for anything else but some weird one-time mentioned off-handed statement in an arg could come back six months later and be the key to the puzzle that solves it where that is like unless you're in a big story within scp you're never gonna have that moment of realization of like oh my god because of the one test done with 682 now this test over here does this because six different people wrote the eight steps in between those where one guy wrote the monument mythos so everything is intricately in detailed De- very planned in detail yeah where exactly scp scp doesn't have to be that way i don't want any of this to be disparaging i love scp is dungeons and dragons scp is dungeons and dragons whereas <laughs> like monument mythos flesh pit national park and other args is like going and seeing a movie one of yeah. them is very much following narrative beats and the other one is a collective group of people saying i don't care how big the room is i cast firewall or rocks fall and you all die or uh i'd like to seduce the dragon and it's just exploring a bunch of different shit with a very loose structure to the storytelling aspect so i think as long as you understand that about SCP, you cannot you can have fun with that. So Exactly. I completely I, you, agree. You you were dooming pretty hard in the beginning there. That's why I wanted to say this isn't to disparage either of them. They are two different, completely different mediums. Uh I mean, especially we've been comparing monument mythos to SCP. Those are literally by definition. One of them's video, one of them's text. They're literally two different mediums. But I just think it's interesting because they feel they feel tangentially related, so I think it's interesting to talk about, but neither of them I think are like better than the other inherently. They're just it depends on what you want. I just think it's an interesting interaction to talk about because they both feel ARG-esque, one of them clearly being one. But it SCP kind of has that vibe to it, especially when you think about like the backlogs and stuff. Because yeah. that's like yeah. I think might have come somewhat from SCP. I don't know. That's that's deep lore that I don't know where well enough. But speaking on that, uh there is one other thing that I want to talk about with the red right hand. And it uh does tie into what we were talking about because it ties into even more stories. And it gets closer to one that I want to talk about, which is still not going to be revealed yet. So, but is this is, is before we before we get into mm-hmm. this? Is this the last episode before we start talking about the story that you want to talk about, or do you have more that you have to go through? It might be. I okay. want to do a little more You're digging. Sure? I might have one more, but it also might be next. Guys, well. he's just yeah. telling the story of the infinite <laughs> IKEA. There isn't one story of the infinite IKEA. That's the issue. That's what I've been talking about. That's I know that, exactly. So, like, you gotta read every story about the infinite IKEA. Uh, 
I think I have. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what I want to talk about is uh, the one other thing. I'm sure there's other things we know. One other thing that we know about the red right hand is that, as we've kind of not directly said, but alluded to, they are obviously an intensely loyal group to the O5 Council. So much so that the O5 Council, at some point in time, I believe in the early 40s or 20s, I'd have to pull up the story, um, they decided to form them into an air quotes splinter group from the SCP Foundation that would execute missions that were, as I said before, so ethically dubious that the Foundation, the SCP Foundation, (laughs) didn't want to be involved because they were a little iffy on whether or not the Illuminati could take the fucking PR hit. So they created a fake splinter group to perform these missions, which if that isn't terrifying to you, I don't know what the fuck else to say from everything we've said about SCP. What is so morally dubious that even the foundation doesn't want to be associated? Yeah, this would be like, uh, to take it to a real world example, um, if a terrorist cell said, you know what? I don't think that we can attack this nation with terrorist attacks because that would be too fucked up and it's too, too evil of us. It. So why don't like four or five of you guys go start recruiting people and then you guys attack this place? Yeah. And you guys take the hit. Mm-hmm. That's just crazy. We're still going to fund you the whole way through, but you guys are going to actually. We're on the same page, right? Like SCP are bad guys that are just like keeping yes. the world from ending. Yeah, that's that's kind of what Null Space goes into of like, it's a dichotomy of like, are they saving the world? Objectively, yes. Without the SCP Foundation, from the point of view of the SCP Foundation, because there's other things to talk about, um, the world would collapse. They are containing so many uh, different things that would, if awaken or activated or whatever phrase they would use, uh, would just end the world completely. So they are, at best, I would say, morally gray, but they certainly are a net good I guess the world isn't over, so technically they're a net good. Yeah, so um, supposedly. Yeah, it's it's a real tough space, though. Um, however, all of this changed when there were a series of planned raids. So this uh, it was known as just the insurgency at this point in time. I uh, didn't need anything specific. Because the SCP Foundation isn't that specific when they're making fake splinter groups. Um, So there was a series of raids that were going to happen of, like, kidnapping certain, like, foundation scientists and, like, taking uh, SCPs and things like that just for different storage to hide them deeper and all that kind of shit. But the thing is, a bunch of other sites that weren't planned got hit as well. And they ended up taking a bunch of SCP-939, I believe, which is one of the ones that they would use to make amnestics as well as 
possibly before they discovered SCP-3000 are like, that's where the timeline's weird again, because it's like, I talked before about the SCP that makes all the amnestics, but there's also other ones. There's a lot of shit going on. But they did a bunch of those, and then eventually, the O5 Council kind of realized, oh, fuck, wait. I think the red right hand just turned against us. And they did. <laughs> Their most loyal soldiers completely turned against them and went against the will of the O5 Council and changed the insurgency to the thing that I wanted to talk about, which is the Chaos Insurgency, which is a big faction within the SCP universe. I don't remember which ones we've really talked about. The big ones that uh, are kind of in play most of the time is, of course, the SCP Foundation itself, the Chaos Insurgency, the GOC, and I believe the Serpent's Hand. That's another, it's a big cult that people, that has a lot of stories and stuff written. Uh, when I told Tyler that this is what I was going to be talking about, he brought up that's the, the Chaos Insurgency are the ones that are like directly opposed to the SCP Foundation. And the answer is yes, but also kind of no. They are, of course, as I've stated, opposed to the SCP Foundation. They go strictly against them, but they are, as it's kind of implied, kind of agents of chaos. They do have a structure in things that they operate on, and but no one really knows their plan. Their top guy is the engineer, and no one, of course, as always, no one knows who he is or where he gets his orders or whether he's giving the orders. There's, like, theories that there's just some machine that is giving them orders, but no one knows. It's some anomalous machine. So truly, not even they know their plans, which is how they would be. It, the idea of you can't plan against what you don't know, where the GOC is the literal antithesis to the SCP Foundation. There, I think, would... I think the foundation would consider them more of their direct competition where SCP is secure, contain, protect the GOC. It's the global occult coalition. Their whole thing though, is instead of saving all of the SCPs or sorry, containing all of the SCPs, they are destroying all of them. They view them as a direct threat that cannot be used any, that cannot be allowed to exist anymore where the chaos insurgency is kind of just doing chaos is, is the real <laughs> difference between the big air quotes around the word enemies, I guess, of the SCP Foundation, because I don't want to say the villains of the story, because this is, this, is, this is Warhammer. Everyone's the fucking villain yeah. in this story yeah. as well. No one is good in any of this. But, of course, since there were fake raids being planned on that day or you know in that time frame i'll say certainly um it wasn't very hard for the o5 council to basically push out the idea that when it became the chaos insurgency they were just like well they got stronger and changed off and now they're this instead instead of going fuck we just lost people that have some deep knowledge on literally everything that we do and know the identities probably or at least have an idea of the identities of 
the most important people in the entire fucking foundation as well and as the most what important the fuck SCPs. do we do now yeah exactly so that's the setup for the chaos insurgency which is the thing that i actually wanted to talk about but the red right hand matters as well a little bit and okay is, uh, i think i know a, a what nice SCP lead into the two. you want to tell the story of i'll wait until after we're done recording but i think I've okay it now i mean you. i've already told you which one i want to do <laughs> Oh, did you? If you remember. Listen, you tell me a lot of shit. Interested to see you guys. You you say a lot of shit shit. to me. I certainly do. Um, And obviously, like, of course, I'm being very brief on the chaos insurgency. Um, There is dozens and dozens of stories and things that they're involved in. But for my purposes, you don't really need to know them. You just need to know where they came from and where they came from is directly the fucking scp foundation and the people right under them there's possibly still the leaders obviously no one knows oh and you're welcome i saved you talking about their whole corporate structure because it is of course outlined everything is um military uh like Ranking nato system? fanatic yeah it's oh, like okay. our, our, our no sorry um greek uh like alpha through gamma yeah okay delta i believe delta is the top and alpha is actually the bottom which is super funny you know chaos yeah. gotta switch it up can't be the same that's true that's true but yeah that's going to be um i believe we're gonna find out i gotta do a little more digging but I believe that's going to be my last piece of setup for the story that I want to tell, which from the amount of information that I've been see from the, from the word count, not even the amount of information from the sheer word count, we might do more than one episode on my story. We might not. Okay. We're going to see. You've started but it. It's not impossible. You've started this. I mean, I, oh, fuck no. Oh. No, I mean the word count of the story itself. I see. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a lot. But it that's the... Ah, I won't get into that. I'll tell you a little bit about that after. Um, but yeah, that's that's going to be it for us, I think, okay. for this episode. Uh, so let me just sum oh, up oh. what we talked oh, about. Okay, okay. Because uh, I love you, but you... Ramble like a motherfucker. You were a little all over the place, and I think it's because you're obfuscating so much to what this story is leading to. So I absolutely am. You're correct. We have learned a lot about SCPs. We've learned um, some specific ones. We've learned about uh, mobile task force and what their job is, and then we've learned about um, the Gate Guardian. You know, he probably plays a big part in this story that you want to talk about um and now we've learned about the red right hand but more specifically the founding of the chaos insurgency which comes from the red right hand so uh we have the o5 council and then the red right hand and then the red right hand splits into the chaos insurgency and i imagine the red right hand has gotten replacements since then because they still need a right hand to do all their dirty yep I also assume that it isn't like explicitly said, but that happened as I said in like the forties. So and yeah, with we know how that often the foundation has gone past that. With how often the red right hand is 
sort of mentioned and stuff like that. I think there is just a different team taking that moniker that's operating. Um, it's also insane to think that none of them die and they've never had to be replaced. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In this world. Um, so, yeah. I guess, basically, this episode, Ian said, Boo SCP is not a linear story and it doesn't scratch that itch for me. And then he said, The Red Right Hand were um, guys that were given lots of um, amnestics that break your brain and then you realize the importance of the SCP Foundation. And then the O5 Council decided, hey, you know what? We need some really fucked up shit to happen. So we're going to take those guys who know the truth about the SCP Foundation the same way that you, I, and the listeners and fans of SCP know about the SCP Foundation. We're going to take them and make them into a quote-unquote pseudo-opposition group. And then they literally just created an opposition group. And that is all building up to this story that you're going to tell uh, soon. Maybe not next week. Or, well, it'll be my turn next week, but... On the the next slot, yes. But, um, unless you got anything else, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, We hope you have a great rest of your day, week, weekend, whatever you happen to be listening to this episode, and we hope you tune into the next one. But for now, I've been Ian. And I'm always Tyler. Oh, and come to think of it, I think there is one more episode. I think next time we are going to be directly talking about the O5 Council. Oh, okay. 